What's up everyone? This is Darius Kalbarczyk, co-founder of MG Poland, JS Poland, Angular Master of Death and WorkshopFest.dev. Welcome back to the Angular Master Podcast. Today we've got a special guest straight from Austria. Passionate Angular and Spring developer, trainer and consultant at AngularArchitects.io. Ladies and gentlemen, Rainer Hanekam. Hi, Raina. How are you? Thanks. 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 Hello, Ike. I'm fine. I'm sitting in Vienna late afternoon, and I'm looking forward to having a nice conversation with you. So for those who don't know you yet, please tell us about yourself. Yes. So I come from Austria, and I am part of the Angular Architects trainer network for some years now already which means my full-time job actually is to, 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 to give workshops uh, and also consulting. And next to that, I also, I'm a speaker. I also write some articles about Angular, obviously. And yeah, in my spare time, I also do some kind of community work. So I do, for example, this NG News. This is an Angular newsletter, which is uh, published on a weekly basis. And lately, I've also been working on that sheriff thing that uh, we will uh, they're going to discuss today. Is the Sheriff your invention? It's kind of collaboration between Manfred Steyer, uh, Michael Zikes, and myself. We have been, we had, we had some kind of ongoing discussions about architecture, about the NX dependency rules, and if there are th- some things that one might, one might could improve. And from these kind of discussions, uh, this, 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 the Sheriff kind of arised. How did your adventure in programming begin? I was 10 years old. This was the year 1991, so quite a long time ago. And my father um, thought that it might be interesting, that it might be a good thing if I catch some kind of interest in computers. And he bought me a, a very small device, which is called Mr. X. I think nobody knows this, but this had a very tiny feature, uh, namely you could write a program. So you could you could use it to write programs. And um, it has just one line on the display. So this was a very old basic where you had to come up with your line numbers. And the nice thing was that in the manual, you had already some example applications that I just copied. And then, you know, this was more or less my entry into programming. I played with these examples. I tried to change them. And then in school, um, some years later, I also had the the luck. One has to say I was a little bit lucky because my mathematics, my math professor said, when I am able to write applications on the calculator that kind kind of kind of uh, can calculate all the different uh, tasks that we got, then I don't need to learn for any 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 exercises. And so I I focused more or less on the programming part. I also then learned assembler because I found out when you write assembler on the calculator and not basic that you can also, um, that your applications run faster. And from that on, it just um, developed. Then as of course, then I made the jump into one on desktop computers where then web development started to arise and so on and so forth. And I've keep, I, I kept following uh, the whole thing until now. Why did you choose Angular? Well, that's a good question. At that time, I don't know the year, but um, so I'm not trainer all the time. I, I, I used to be full stack development and at the company, 
we were working on an application that had some quite of challenging requirements for dynamic websites. So where you already know you had to use quite a lot of JavaScript. And at that time, I had experience in Dojo, XJS, and JQUI. These were the three um, frameworks that we kind of had uh, um, watched. And then Angular came out. And you could already see that the momentum was building up. And then we just uh, take the decision and said, yeah, it looks good. It has this kind of enterprise features. And this is exactly what we need. And it also comes from Google, which is also a good thing. So it's well-protected, well-protected investment, so to say. And that's why we started to use it. It was AngularJS at the time. And we've been happy since then. What is the underlying philosophy of Angular? that makes it a preferred choice for web developers. Yes, so first of all, the quality is of course very good. This was one of the main things, the investment that I've already mentioned before. When you know Google is behind it, you know that you are a little bit more on the safer side compared when a kind of a person says, I do this in my spare time and maybe next week uh, I don't enjoy it anymore and then I'm just going to deprecate it when nobody takes over. And of course, the opinionated stuff, so that you have uh, kind of different packages all coming together for all the different use cases. So this was what exactly what we were looking for. We also had actually some kind of faces when AngularJS kind of evolved into Angular, where we thought a little bit about moving to React. But in the end, the decision was made for Angular because of this um, of this opinionated and, and, and because we had all the necessary things that we required um, from one framework. So this is what we really valued and this was also the main reason for it. Can you elaborate on the modern Angular approaches for achieving a lightweight architecture? Yeah, so uh, currently there's quite a lot of things going on. I mean, we have here uh, on, on, in, in different areas, we see some kind of progress standalone components, signals, hydration, also in terms of dependency injection. Um, I think there are some voices that say that's maybe not uh, one could do it better or maybe it's not a good idea. Let's just keep it as it was. I don't think uh, that that it, that I, 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 don't, I don't think like that. I think it is necessary that we have these kind of changes. And I think they are also done it in the right all the steps are also done the correct one because I mean what we see at the moment is like multiple changes at once but no change really is finished so it's not that Angular 16 now for example says we are providing signals and from now on you can use signal everywhere they say in Angular 17 we will get the signal component and it's the same with the standalone API so at the moment we still are using engine modules for the reactive forms module, the form module, the complete Angular material that's still in engine modules because Angular says, yeah, we need to make some changes. We try it out. We give it enough time to mature and then we see what else we might want to improve and they do this in a parallel way. And I think this is much better than if they would say, for example, we just focus on standalone components and we only focus on standalone components and don't think about anything else until they are fully finished and then, of course, um, it would take some years if we reach the signals. And yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm definitely a fan of what's going on at the moment. And 
what we also hear that Angular is again attracting developers uh, from, from 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 the JavaScript ecosystem. So there is more and more interest. So yeah, it's it's a good time in my opinion. And and, and as I said, it is a necessary step. So some something had to change. Definitely, I think it's a renaissance for Angular. Yes, yes, yes. Like uh, Rise of the Phoenix uh, comeback, however you want to call it. Yeah, everything's very positive. Can you explain the utility and possible applications of standalone components in Angular? Maybe we say, first of all, the, the, the standalone components and the API, like, I mean, it's not just standalone components. We also have the API, which we also need to consider, like the provide HTTP client, provide router, all these functions, uh, which also are part of that story. Again, uh, this is something that we had in the past. It was a necessity when Angular 2 was was kind of um, developed, that the, that the compiler actually had the need for an Angular module. And it was not really meant for us. So there is an article that I have written a couple of years ago, or one or two years ago, when the first announced standalone components. Um, so the thing is, it, it's not that we are going to lose modules in a way in, in Angular. We never really had the modules that we, in a way of application developers, thought of. So the Angular modules didn't really provide us this kind of module encapsulation. So you could, of course, uh, kind of say you're only exporting some certain kind of components. For, for, for these parts, for the visual elements, for components, pipes, and directives, you had this kind of encapsulation that you would expect from a module. But you didn't have it for services. You didn't have it for TypeScript types, for normal functions. So it was not really meant to be a module in that sense. The module was more or less for the compiler. This was a compiler thing. And now I think it's easier because nobody kind of misunderstands the concept of a module because we don't have it anymore. So we don't need to learn the concept. And as far as I know, or what the Angular team is reporting to us, it's also easier for them to work without the, the engine modules because now a component has everything it needs um, directly in, in its imports, which also opens the door for other uh, future um, developments. For example, ESBuild, where we know ESBuild needs to work on a file-by-file -file basis. And with an engine module, it's always a little bit hard because uh, when you change the component, you also need to go to a different file where the dependencies of the component are defined and that all is now much easier um so i see the 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 advantages or the reasons why we should use standalone components more in that field when it comes to performance or when we say bundle size reduction uh, that's not something so the, the angular team was very was also very honest uh, they said yeah don't expect anything in terms of performance improvements that's not what the, what the standalone components are all about. It's just about simplification. Can you briefly describe what Sheriff is and what it does? Yes, because this is actually, uh, I already said before, um, it's not a module, engine module, and I was already kind of um, targeting uh, with that sentence Sheriff. So Sheriff is the thing when you want to have modules in, in Angular or also just in general in TypeScript that provides you exactly that. So Sheriff comes in its current form as an ESLint plugin. Um, it is very heavily influenced by Nix. So people who are already working with Nix with the dependency rules, they are they know what Sheriff is doing because um, it's um, it is heavily influenced by it. 
and it makes it actually very, very easy. So this was one of our of our main concerns or of our main goals that we make it as easy as possible to define a certain directory as a module and to apply dependency rules on these modules afterwards. And in a way, this is what Sheriff actually at the moment is. It brings you module where you can kind of module encapsulation and dependency rules in a very easy way. You're listening, Angular Master Podcast. Listen, code, repeat. Everything you need to know to become an Angular super developer. Why should developers consider using Sheriff for enforcing module boundaries and dependency rules in TypeScript? Yeah, because you don't want to do these checks on your own. So I think um, that we need to have some kind, I mean, the, the larger an application goes, the more we have the the need for uh, small elements, small groups that we tend to call modules, where we say, okay, there are some kind of classes, some kind of files inside of that module that are only there for internal usage. And I exactly know that nobody can use it from the outside. So it makes it easier to have the overview of an application about the, about the architecture. And especially when it comes to the dependency roles, when we say, yeah, I have now a bunch of modules, but there is a hierarchy in it. And it's not that everybody can just access everything. Uh, this would end in, an, in a chaos and we want to be able to scale our application if we are successful. And then you need to have this kind of rules as well. So I need to be able to say, nobody from that module can actually access something from the other one so that I can know if I do a change here, it will not um, kind of introduce a bug somewhere completely else. So I always kind of um, explain this kind of phenomenon to to non-technical people like, just consider you live in, in one house, your neighbor lives in another, you close the door of your room and the light in your neighbor's house goes out. That's what could happen if you have modules where everybody can talk to each other. And this is exactly what, what you want to avoid. And with Sheriff, uh, you have this kind of automatic checks that make sure that this doesn't happen. So once you have set up the rules, um, Sheriff makes sure that they are also kept. So what is the process of installing and configuring Sheriff? You know, it's very easy. So you have to install two NPM packages. This is the Sheriff core, which is or which contains the, the main parts with the complete logic of Sheriff. And then you install the ESLint plugin, which is more or less a wrapper around it and integrates Sheriff into ESLint. So this is the first step that you have to do. Then, of course, you need to have a configured and an installed ESLint in your application. And then you just go into your lint, into your lint configuration, into your JSON file. And there you add the, 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 the plugin for Sheriff. And then it's already activated. So you don't have to do then anything else. You can say if you just want to use the module encapsulation feature, you don't even need to come up then with a separate Sheriff configuration. But as soon as you say it's not just about modular encapsulation, but also about dependency rules, then of course you need to define a dependency rule somewhere, and then you need to uh, come up with a Sheriff config TS. So, so we're using a TypeScript file for Sheriff for the configuration, not the JSON file. And the reason for that is that we want to have type safety. So it shouldn't happen that you kind of, I don't know, make a mistake by adding a property somewhere or make a typo in a property. And it should also be able that you can programmatically 
define your rules. So if you have very complex rules inside of it, you can also provide a function, which is called, and in there you can then really decide, yeah, now based on some multiple criteria, I allow access to that module or not. Can you explain the concept of architectural metrics in the context of Angular and Sheriff? Yes, yes. So, 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 so when it then comes to the um, to the dependency rules. So, uh, when you say you have now, I don't know, and, and quite a lot of modules inside of your application, then of course you want to kind of find a convention, a basic rule, how to structure them, how to organize them. And well, the, the approach from NX has proven itself. And we have just, of course, also adopted it. We're also suggesting, suggesting it, of course. And what we do is that we are not setting up the dependency rules on a per module basis. But what we do instead is that we say each module gets um, assigned a tag and a tag stands for an a, dim a, dim a dimension and at the moment a good a good choice is if you use that if you use two different dimensions so you assign every module that you have according to its module type which can be a feature type a ui type a data type which is for example responsible for state management and next to the type every module is also part of a domain so when you're applying domain-driven design, and if you don't do that, then you need to kind of come up with a scope or, or something else. But there is some kind of tag that identifies to which part, to which feature kind of this module actually belongs to. And then based on these two dimensions, you set up the dependency rules. So what we always like to do is that we say, when it comes to the dimension of a domain, we say every module inside of the same domain, they can talk to each other. So there is some kind of an, so from the domain perspective, they belong together. But then you have again another kind of set of, of dependency when it comes to the types, because we say, yeah, although now we have five, four modules part being part of the same domain, it shouldn't be that they are all on the same line, on the same level. There is again some kind of a hierarchy, and that's why we have then the type tag for that. So we say, okay, there is this feature tag. When a module is of type feature, it is on the very top, and it can talk to each other. If we have a module which is of the type UI, and another module which is of type data, then we have state management against UI components. And for them, I don't want the, that they can talk to each other, although they are actually part of the, of the same domain. And in a way, this is how the metrics would look like. So you are uh, the, the first the criteria, uh, the first dimension again would be the domains, and then the second one would be the the module types, the types on 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 on, on there. What are the nested paths in Sheriff, and how are they beneficial for a project? Yeah, so nested paths. I mean, what you have to do is that you have, of course. Um, you don't want to have a flat directory structure. So you want to kind of come up with a hierarchy, which in a way also represents the, the module hierarchy. So what we normally do is that we say when we are in our source directory, we kind of provide a first directory for the domains, then maybe for shared, and then also for the core application, which is the app shell more or less. And inside of the domain, then we go down into the different, so we have, Per each domain, we have an own subfolder. And then in the subfolder, you have the actual 
again, sub subfolders for, for your module types. And in them, you then just create an index.js and then these kind of uh, sub sub directories, they are becoming then the modules. So this is the way how Sheriff actually works. You uh, you specify a module, a directory as a module just by adding an index.js. And you have, of course, now also the, the possibility to make use of the path property from the TypeScript compiler. So you could say, yes, I as we do it, for example, also in, in NX, that for every module you add a new entry in the in, in, in the path property. But normally when you have the strict convention that you say the domain is always on the first level and then comes the, 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 the subtype, then you don't even need to come up with a different path in your TS config because you can also just use wildcards or, or, or just call the directories on their own with, with a relative path. Uh, it's more or less the, the same. So yeah, there is not really a difference in that. By the way, who came up with this cool name? That was me. Um, I had this kind of idea that I, that I thought, I want to have something which you kind of associate with law and order. And we kind of thought about it and I said, and I said, yeah, I mean, we can't use a German name because nobody understands it. Maybe the sheriff is something that everybody understands. Then we also had the marshal, it's like having a marshal, but nobody really knew the difference between a sheriff and a marshal. <laughs> and we just said, okay, then let's just play safe and go with sheriff. I think uh, that's that's what everybody understands. Yeah, the name is the name is really really good. Thanks. What are some of the best practices to follow while using Sheriff in Angular? Yeah, so when it comes to Angular, um, what we have or what we have seen through all these years, that this kind of architectural pattern that I've just described has really proven itself. So, and it's also of course something by which which uh, the Angular team introduced and is also, um, of course, recommending, you should first of all try to split up your application into multiple independent features. Again, this is of, or of, this is already this modularity aspect that you have there. And then, of course, it depends how you come to these features, what kind of methodologies you apply. And in our case, what we always say from Angular Architects, uh, try to come up with domain-driven design if you have some doubts. Normally, in in very small projects, you already know the domain, so you can just say say it right in front, just by looking at the screen, just looking and taking a look at the menu items. You can already say, okay, uh, it looks like I have four different menu items. It looks like that these are the four domains. So this is a good structure, and this is the 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 first layer, uh, the, the the domain, the domains, and then um, of course your domains will also become very large. And for that, you can then also divide them up into the so-called module types that I have also already mentioned. And I mean, if you start by that, you are not doing anything wrong. It has proven itself um, times over time. And this is what we normally uh, recommend for Angular applications. In the end, in the end, the important thing is that you need to come to isolated modules. That's the main thing. However you achieve it, Domain-driven design helps most of the people. If you have other methodologies and you reach the same goal, yeah, then good for you. What is the main difference between using NX and Sheriff in Angular development? So I've now already quite often quoted NX. So maybe just to get this misunderstanding right out of the way, 
it's not an alternative. So Sheriff is not meant to be an alternative to NX. There are some overlapping things though. Uh, Sheriff is just there for the module dependencies and for the encapsulation part, nothing else. When you look at NX, then they also provide these kind of dependency roles and and all that stuff, but NX is way more. So NX uh, gives you the gives you the kind of uh, the kit, the pre-configuration of an Angular application with a lot of external tools like Storybook, Cypress, Chest, Preacher. I could install Preacher on my own. That's not the point. But there are quite a lot of range of, 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 of proven external applications that NX uh, integrates. We also have these, this kind of building cache that also comes with NX and the thing with NX, uh, maybe this is also an interesting point to mention why we actually chose to go with Sheriff and not just uh, use NX. Uh, the dependency rules in NX, you always need to create it uh, in the form of a library. So NX, a module, is defined as a library. And this was not always very good in our cases because sometimes you have the need for a module, but you may only have four or five files. And you say, yeah, I know why it's just five files, but I still have here these two files, which I want to hide. And I don't want that everybody can access them. And I don't want to create a separate library for it just because that's the way how it is done in NX. We want us, we want to keep it inside of the same application. We want to just have a directory and nothing else. And this was more or less the main idea of what Sheriff does. And this is also what is what it distinguishes it mainly from NX that we that you can use Sheriff together with NX, but you can also just use it in a normal Angular CLI project or even in any TypeScript project. So Sheriff is not really bound to Angular. It's just, yeah, it just comes from our origins that we are working more or less all the time with Angular, um, that, that that it always is is, is, is mentioned in, in combination with Angular. But but this is what, 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 what Sheriff is all about. It's just the ESLint plugin and you can use it with NX or without NX but if you are already on NX and you say, yeah, should I switch now to the Angular CLI just because I want to use Sheriff? No. Uh, the only thing that you should do when you want to use Sheriff, you need to disable your, or I would recommend that you disable the, the linting rules of NX that are currently doing the, the module checks, because this is now what Sheriff is doing. Of course, you could, you could, you can, you could keep it enabled, but then you have kind of two is linting plugins that I'm always doing the same thing, so this might not be necessary. Yeah, but that's it in the end. Can Sheriff be used in combination with an NX in Angular projects? If yes, how? So you just install it as you do it in, in, in the Angular CLI. You just install the two NPM libraries. You then go into your ESLint RC JSON that's also there when you use NX. Actually, with NX, it is already there from the very start. With the Angular CLI, you need to install it separately, and then you just add the Sheriff plugin into the JSON, and that's it. And then you still um, add your index.js to your folders. You can still create your libraries if you want to, because the build cache also operates on it. You also have a nice visualization feature from from NX, which is something I forgot to mention before, and it just works as it did before. And as I said, the only thing that is not really different is that an other ESLinter is now uh, responsible for uh, checking the modularity rules. Can you provide some tips 
for setting up the Sheriff configuration file for an existing Angular application. So at the moment, we have in our GitHub, on our GitHub repository, you will find a folder which is called test projects. And that one has already three complete Angular applications in three different flavors, all of them using already Angular. So there is one from, from, from my Angular style, how I like to kind of uh, structure my application and you see how I would more or less come up with the Sheriff's configuration. Then you have also one from Manfred Steyer, the one that he's also presenting in his workshops. It's slightly different because I always go with state management. I always have NGRX in my applications. Manfred more or less starts without NGRX. And then as we grow, he, he adds them. So this is a little bit uh, where we are different. And then there is also a third one, which we have added very lately. And that one is using the wildcard feature of the path so that people also see that you don't need to provide, I don't know, 10 paths to your TS config just because you have 10 different modules and that's not necessary. So just take a look at the repository and you will find uh, some good recommendations there. What future updates and features can we expect in Sheriff for Angular? Yeah, hopefully quite a lot. So um, I am currently targeting the an UI. So we plan that we just that we don't just provide an UI, which is kind of giving you the information about your modules, but a UI that also can act as an editor. So for example, you could say you can define the, your rules in the in this editor and then Sheriff for this is UI, then just write it, write it back to the Sheriff configuration. And it also allows some very nice utility functions. For example, uh, when it comes to module encapsulation, so when you say you have the module, it contains 15 files, then you just click on the file in this UI and then you can expose or encapsulate them. Or you can even say, um, I have now a very small module and actually I want to expose all of my files. Then it's just also just a matter of one click, export everything. And this, of course, makes it very easy. We, we, we also thought about maybe coming up with extensions for the common IDEs like IntelliJ, WebStorm, VS Code, or NeoWim, which I... Which I've been hearing lately, uh, but uh, we abandoned that thought and we said, no, we want to do it more or less like, like Cypress does it with their own UI, um, that they provide that. And yeah, that's that's one of the future plans. Caching, um, this, this is something, another feature which heavily depends on the feedback that we will get from the community. And at the moment, we are already using uh, Sheriff in some of our applications. We also have it already in our workshops but we're still collecting uh, feedback. And if it shows that maybe we need to invest more in terms of performance, then also uh, caching it would be a big topic. But in general, I always say, first, I want to see the, the 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 weaknesses or the performance issues. And then I start to 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 invest something into performance improvements only if it's only if it is really necessary. And yeah, more examples for for other different frameworks as well. So as I said, Sheriff is TypeScript linter, and uh, yeah, we, we also plan to provide some kind of templates for the other frameworks as well. And Manfred's role, so I mean, let's see, just thought about it, that maybe if he has time during summer, which I doubt, but let's see, um, that he that he has some thoughts of providing an, an Angular schematic uh, for Sheriff. So that we just see ng add Sheriff 
it installs everything, it also sets up everything, and maybe you even get some kind of code generators where you can say, okay, I have this kind of domain, and then Jerif just builds the basic structure um, right out for you. Yeah, that will be great. So how can our community, our listeners can help to improve Sheriff? What is the best way to give the feedback? Yeah, so the best way is that you just try it out, install it. So first of all, go to our GitHub repository. There you, feel, there you will find the installations instructions, try it out on your project, and then let us know what you think. Um, if something not works, if something doesn't work, let us know. If you think there is something that can be improved, or you have an idea for an additional feature, also let us know. How does Sheriff manage to identify a module in Angular by just adding an index.ts to a folder? Yeah, so that's actually what it is. So the only thing that you need to do in Sheriff in order to identify a directory as a module is that you add an index.ts to it. And during the runtime, when the ESLinter runs, um, and that's also why we couldn't really implement everything in ESLint. Um, ESLint is just telling Sheriff I'm now on that particular file. I have these import statements and then Sheriff locates the file in your source and uh, checks if in the current directory there is an index.ts. If not, then it just goes up to the parent directory and so on and so on. If it finally hits an index.ts or if it's in, in, in the root folder and then of course we are here talking about a root module, so we are then part already of the application. And it also goes, goes, of course, it also follows the other imports in that file because this is necessary. I need to know if I import a certain file, if that certain file is part of another module or it is part of the same module. And then depending on the dependency rules, I'm going to allow it, I'm not going to allow it. And if it is part of another module, and you are not importing that file indirectly via the index.ts, then you're also getting an interior because you always need to import from the index.ts of another module. That's the rule. Can you talk about the role of unit testing and further development of Sheriff? So there are two things actually about unit testing. We also have some plans to maybe introduce um, a possibility to write a unit test for dependency rules. We are not really sure at the moment how this would look like, but in Java, you have, for example, this arch unit where you, in a way, can also come up with your dependency rules, but there you write it in the form of a test. So we are kind of playing a little bit with that thought, but we don't really know um, if this is something which we want to bring out in the near future. Uh, but for the internal, internal development, um, unit and testing in general was crucial. So I don't know what we should do it without the tests. I just had a presentation on Monday about Sheriff and there somebody asked me a question about a very special edge case in the configuration and I couldn't answer. As what I did is that I just looked up the unit tests and then I thought, hey, look, uh, there I have your questions answered inside of these unit tests. Um, this is how it is done. So yeah, I mean, without unit tests, it would be a nightmare, especially if we want to add further features. So we had them in there from the very beginning. So when Sheriff was created, it was kind of like test-driven development style. So it was not like, how can we implement it? But it was always, how can we implement and test it? And there was quite a considerable amount of time, which was invested in accessing the file system. 
because whenever you want, whenever access access to a file system is a crucial part of your application and you want to test it, it's very easy. As a, what we had to do is that we had to come up with a layer, uh, like a virtual file system that we can then use in our testings uh, so that I can very quickly come up with different file structures and run multiple tests on it so that we can test all the different combinations or constellations that are necessary. And well, as it stands now, it has really proven itself because as far as I can say, the quality is quite good. And yeah, as I said, when we when we now start to add further and even more features, we will keep it and maybe even improve the current testing coverage. So at the moment, I'm working on on some kind of reintegration tests. As I've mentioned before, we have these kind of templates in our repository. And what I want to do is that in our build process, these Angular applications are really generated from scratch. Also, Sheriff is installed externally. So as I would really do it uh, in, in a normal in, in, in normal life. And then just to check if the linter is really returning still the same results. So not a unit test where you just focus on a particular file or on a particular set of features, but it's really just the overall, if it still works together with Angular, with the different TypeScript versions, also on Windows, Linux. So these are all the things that we um, also have to add later. How can the use of placeholders in Sheriff configuration simplify the process of tagging folders? The thing here is when you, when we, for example, think that we have 100 different domains, domain directories, then of course it would not be a nice thing because we need to type them all into our configuration. So for every domain, it's every domain is in a module or a module group. I need to come up with an online. So what I can do in Sheriff is that when I say I have a kind of a convention for my folder structure, like all domains are inside of a domains folder or all domains are all the folders which are not named shared or app core or something like this. As soon as you have that, you can kind of create your directories and you can then say, okay, the, the, the second level is now a directory and I apply just a placeholder to it because I know already it is a domain. And the fourth level of every domain module of a domain directory is then already the module type. So I can also provide a tag for the for, for, for the fourth level. So in the end, you just need one line where you say, this is the placeholder for a domain. There is the placeholder for the tag. You can use the placeholder in order to set the values for the tags. And then, yeah, you just have this one line. And as long as you stick to your own conventions in terms of naming your folders, you can have as many domains as you want and you will never have to touch the configuration file anymore. This is what this placeholder feature is all about. What was the biggest challenge you faced while developing Sheriff for Angular and how did you overcome it? Yeah, so the biggest challenges I, I thought about it, there are three of them. Two of them are still not overcome. So I was still working on them. Um, the first definitely was, uh, uh, which we overcome already, obviously is the first step. So you need to start. Uh, we had quite a lot of discussions, how it could look like, how it could be done. But as you know, uh, somebody needs to find the time to do it. And yeah, you always have some other things to do. So this was one of the biggest challenges just to start with it. But since we have already now the final product, uh, this is something which we can already check. 
And yeah, the others, um, which is something maybe people underestimate, is the promotion or marketing stuff. So uh, just because you have a, a good software, so obviously we all think yeah, at Angular Architects that Sheriff is something everybody should use, but you still you need to get the message out and you also need to convince people. And uh, somebody needs to do that because it doesn't happen automatically. So, I mean, thanks also to you. You're also not part of Sheriff uh, with the podcast here. But, but, but this is something which is quite a, a huge challenge. And here I'm quite happy that we have Manfred because he's very, very well known and he's uh, quite good in kind of communicating and explaining Sheriff. And yeah, so as I said, this is still ongoing. And the third one is more or less about endurance. So you, you you just have to keep up the motivation. So it will take a long time, many years maybe, until Sheriff is really adopted. We hope so. And there will be some bad times where maybe it doesn't work that well. But still, I mean, you need to be prepared for it and you need to stick to it and invest in the maintenance, in the expansion, extension of Sheriff. So this is something that I see as the main challenges. I don't see, I don't think it's a technical one. As I said, it's more or less outside of the technical scope. This is my last technical question. Can you tell us all about engine news? Yes. So it came up to that I wanted to do some kind of community project. I thought maybe about translating the Angular documentation into the German language that for some reason didn't work out. And in a way, I had already this kind of thing in my head that I want to do something for the community. And in Austria, we have a very popular news um, series, which is called uh, Zeit in Build, so Time in, 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 in Images 100. And they publish on a daily basis where they kind of summarize the happenings of the current day in 100 seconds. And you have time for 100 seconds. And I thought, hey, this might be a good thing um, to do the same thing. Maybe not on a daily basis because I will not be able to do that, uh, but maybe on a weekly basis. So what this is all about is, as, as the slogan says, it's about the latest news, everything that happened within a week in the Angular community. And yeah, so what I do there is that I, I have my kind of bookmarks where at the end of the week I go through them different YouTube channels, different GitHub repositories, different articles. I just check uh, what, what good things happened. And then, of course, I always need to select. I can't just, um, I need to prioritize things. And most of the time, there are two or three features uh, which, which I present in these 100 seconds. There is also a written form of engineers, uh, but the video is published on YouTube and on Twitter. And the written things or the written article, which also contains things that I didn't, that kind of didn't fit into these 100 seconds, but I still want to communicate or I still think they are important. Uh, they are published in an article on Dev2, Medium, and Hashnode at the moment. Yeah. And this is what I do since two years almost. Wow. That's amazing. What kind of person is Raina? And how do you see yourself? I don't know. I mean, the other people need to tell me. I hope that I'm polite that uh, people can talk to me. Maybe I'm a little bit shy was when you see me at, at a conference or so and yeah, just talk to me. Uh, so it's maybe the first step that has to be done by others. But in general, I really, I really like to come to, to talk to people. I really like it. So uh, for two weeks, for example, 
two weeks ago I was at the NGConf and I always I said to my friends, I think I just attended to two talks and the rest I was just standing outside of the conference room and was just talking to all the people. So this is what I really enjoy. Do you have uh, some hints for us regarding self-organization? Yeah, maybe you can tell me one because I'm not that good in it. Um, I'm I'm the kind of person where you always need to come up with some kind of a date. So you need to say, on this is uh, on Monday we do this, and this is the time, and then I have no chance just to kind of uh, do something else. And in a way, this is how I organize myself. So I'm really setting myself in a position where I say, for example, I apply for a certain talk, then there is a date, then there is a time, and I can't change it, and then I'm forced to do it. So in a very brutal sense, uh, you can call self-organization. And this is also high in a way how I kind of try to keep myself up with the latest developments. For example, this engine use, this is something where I know I need to publish it weekly. This is already kind of in my DNA, a little bit of a pressure because otherwise I wouldn't do it. And yeah, so this is more or less how I self-organize myself. Maybe not the best or the most efficient way, but in a way it works. What's about your work-life balance? What I have to say and, um, is I really enjoy programming. Um, so I don't see it as stressful. Uh, this is something I actually, I see it as a hobby. So what I do when I, when, when workshops are over or I don't have fulfilled my, the work of today, it's still quite possible that I just sit down and just program on something. So as I said, I'm really enjoying it. So I don't see it. I don't see the programming itself that much of a stress. A stress more or less comes from other things. But yeah, I mean, this is what, I, what, I, what I'm always saying. I mean, you really need to enjoy it. And if you don't find happiness in it, uh, then I think it, it might become really hard because social contact in programming isn't that much of a thing as it is in other jobs. And if you can't enjoy it, uh, then maybe you have an issue so um, so an issue an issue sorry so but then maybe it's not the best thing you do and yeah so this is what i always say streaming series or a book would you recommend to our listeners i don't know i don't know i haven't thought about it uh, i'm a star wars guy i'm not a star trek guy which also uh, kind of causes some struggles struggles sometimes with manfred because he's quite a huge star trek fan I mean, I have a Netflix subscription, so I just, um, I, I'm, I'm very much liking to sports. So um, I, I like to watch Formula One. There is this documentary, of course, the live events, uh, tennis, football, not so much anymore. I used to play it. Yeah, but this is more what I, what I normally watch. So documentation on sports, this is very interesting. Also, if you see the, uh, the way how these professionals, they approach uh, challenges and the competition, also in terms of mindset. This is really interesting. And otherwise, I'm also very interested in history. So I think this is also very eye-opening. I don't know what I could recommend. The latest book that I have re read was The Silk Roads from Franco Fahler. I think that was, his, that was the name of the author. Yeah, so if you have time and you're also interested in history, especially about the um, Asian-European connection, then this is definitely something you should try out. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for this Thanks. amazing conversation. Thanks as well. A lot of great information. And yeah, uh, I think after this podcast, everybody should use Sheriff. Yes, this would be, this would be the idea. Yes, this would be great. Yeah. 
Thank you so much for today. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you all for tuning into today's episode. If you found our conversation insightful and wish to continue being a part of our journey, please consider subscribing to our podcast. By doing so, you won't miss out on any upcoming episodes and it helps us continue to bring you meaningful content. Remember, every subscription, like or share truly make a difference. Until next time, stay curious and keep listening. Music